0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of At Large Bid here on the 48 Minutes Basketball Network, your NCAA podcast. Uh, we had the week off last week, uh, so we're back here this week and obviously a lot to talk about. Um, talk about some insane shit going on in college basketball. Uh, I'm Tim Daniel, excited to be here with our guy, T-Bird, TB, Mr. Taylor Bergfeld. How are you, my man?
1: I'm good. I was good last week. Um, you know, North Carolina took care of business. Uh, Bengals won a playoff game first time in 31 years. Yeah, man. And then, then last night happened where Carolina got the doors blown off of Miami. So vibes are not as high as they were um, last couple of days, but we're still riding the Hootay train. So that's where I'm at.
0: I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I got that. I got the Chicago Bulls, who I know are on a slump, but I'm not worried about them. They've been without everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, Xavier basketball has played really well. So I'm having fun in sports for once in my life. And I don't want it to come down crashing anytime soon. So, you know, you mentioned North Carolina. Obviously, uh, let's kind of jump to it uh, to start to get, start the show. Um, the ACC obviously is down this year. Um, it's might be the worst regular season ACC year I remember in a long time. Yeah, uh, you go sure. through Kent. You know, and we can talk about just about every team in that circumstance. So, you know, Duke. I know they're fourteen and three. They just lost Florida State. They just lost Trevor Keels. Um, You'd look at Virginia Tech right now, who is the second best team in the conference on Ken Palm at nine and seven. Um, North Carolina, they're 12 and five right now. Obviously had a rough loss last night. Um, You know, Wake Forest, Florida State is, you know, horrid to watch offensively, but somehow always finds a way to beat Duke. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they do. And then uh, the biggest story, maybe of the ACC right now, besides the Miami Hurricanes playing fairly well, um, it's probably what's going on in Louisville with Chris Mack and crew. <clears throat> You're starting to see just some cracks in the foundation. I guess you can call it if there is a foundation at this point. Um, the struggles are obviously very vivid. It's a team that's not only losing, but they're losing games pretty bad. They just lost a pit the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Chris was watching the Bengals game on his phone because he's a big Bengals fan. I don't know um, during the game, but I, <sighs> You know, it sounds like that's kind of getting closer and closer to being the end. There, unfortunately for him, Um, they do have a game Saturday against Notre Dame. They're a hundred and third on Ken Palm right now.
1: Um, It's bad, dude. It is bad. bad. They their offense, their offensive identity is impossible to figure out. They, I mean, they have good players: Noah Lock, Jared West, um, Matt Cross, Dre Davis, are guys that you know I would take on any team. um, But they, they're. It's high ball screens. It's clumpiness in the corners. It's a lot of, like, looking back at Coach Mack, asking what to do rather than just kind of playing, like, a feel for the game, kind of getting into a flow. Um, yeah, you hit it right on the head. It, it, panic level should be out. The button should be pressed if you're a Louisville fan, just because three losses in a row to Florida State at home to NC State, which is a bad loss by 16. Then they lose yeah. by 12 at Pitt, only scoring 53 points. Like, they do play tonight against Boston College um, or tomorrow or yesterday when you're listening to this. but kind of a get right spot but yeah i mean 10 and 7 um four and three in the conference on a bad acc is a team that a team that you know that should be i mean upper echelon of the acc with north carolina with duke with florida state but really kind of that disconnect this year i don't know this is the end all be all for chris this year um you know they do have a new ad coming in after uh, the guy uh, what's his name tom zurich or somebody else, something like that. or vince tyra sorry he ended up leaving um but so you don't know if they're wanting to potentially clean house, but it hasn't been all, you know, sunshine, sunshine and daisies for Chris Mack. It's his best year was 2020. And then, yeah, you know, that thing was really good. Tournament gets canceled. So it's kind of hard to use that token still, especially after last year missing the tournament. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know where you go. Google fans are kind of all over the place. They seem to be at a disarray with their football and their basketball program. So hopefully we get some stability there because I think they are, the conference is better and basketball is better when, Louisville is an upper echelon team.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, they are. So, yeah, like you said, they got Boston College tonight, and they are hosting Notre Dame on Saturday, who um, I don't know if you've been watching or not, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, my sub-Virginia Tech game.
1: Yeah, I I think Notre Dame's good. Lewinsky, uh, I mean, they have a good team. Mike Bray's a good coach, and we talked about it on our preview pod and, you know, in our mid-year check-in we did that, you know – Unfortunately, he's not a guy that's going to get a lot of one and dones Albeit this right. year we might have one, but he, he really thrives in the junior and senior led category. But when you miss on some of those prospects that you need to rely on, it Especially makes it hard in to, correct. It, it makes it really hard to rely or to you know keep the train moving essentially, and you know compound those mistakes by you're going to have mistakes from guys who aren't very good. Unfortunately. Um, I do like this team a lot. Blake Wesley is unbelievable. I mean, so I think if you, I think if he shot a little bit higher from three, he'd be a lottery pick. I think his size, I think his his ability to move with the ball, I think his decision making is really good. You know, he's shooting thirty one percent this year from three, which isn't terrible by any means. But obviously, you want to creep up on that category to kind of solidify your draft status. Um, I like him. Good size, six five point guard. And it kind of really switched once they gave him the keys to the you know, they yeah. set Prentice hubs and they gave Wesley the ball and good things started to happen. They have some good wins. They got Carolina, they got they beat um Kentucky, you know, they they lost Indiana. So they're they're gonna need a compound with some more wins, maybe a Duke, maybe a um I don't really know. AC doesn't really have a lot of opportunities. But yeah, there are they, two wins.
0: I mean yeah. Howard's not a good win. You know, you only I win get why three. you play him because you know, yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, late, it's an late. awesome thing.
1: Mm-hmm. MLK Dave blatantly a guy who played at Duke, was recruited under Mike Bray. Like, it makes a lot of sense, checks a lot of boxes. But, yeah, you're going to need to, you need to make a run here in the ACC and finish in the top six. And I don't know if those opportunities are good enough to get you uh, an at-large. So Duke, there are two more teams I want to talk on on the ACC, yeah. um, one being Duke. Um, yeah, losing Trevor Keels. It seems like he's going to be fine. But I, I think their best five is Keels, Griffin, Palo, Williams, and um, – What am I forgetting? I don't know. Keels, Mark Mark Williams, Trevor, um, Keels, Mark Williams, Adrian Griffin, Paolo, Mark Williams. Okay, that's fine. Moving Jeremy Roach to the backup role, uh, backup point guard, and allowing Keels to be your kind of drive and dish guy as well as take smaller guys to the basket is a thing that Duke does really well. I was surprised. I picked Duke last night in my um, my betting picks. Not only I mean, I think they're very talented and the best team in the ACC, but... What Florida State does is they give you a no middle and they force you to do isolation ball out on the wings. And I think that is kind of right up Duke's alley. The motion offense they run, is it thrives for Palo, thrives for Griffin, thrives for Trevor to take guys off the dribble. One-on-one matchups where they have the athleticism, they have the better ball handler, they have pretty much the better player on every aspect. And that's kind of where they thrive in the offensive end. But my negative spin on that is kind of where Duke is at offensively now. You look at last night, or. Paolo Banchero didn't have a shot attempt until four minutes left in the second half. Um, he was three for four in the first half and didn't have his, his next shot attempt until the second half, late in the second half. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a play where he caught it on the wing, jab stepped twice, drove in the lane, threw something off the rim, got the rebound and dunked it. And that's great, but that cannot be your offensive identity. You know, you have, you have to get Paolo in spots to succeed. You got to get him at the elbow line or at the elbow to get free throw level jumpers. You have to get him off the ball. I think he's too talented of a player to be just kind of floating out there on the wing like he has been. But, I mean, you know, this isn't really coming as a shock. A lot of Duke fans will say this, too. You look at the game yesterday against Florida State and then you watch the game where Duke played at Wake Forest when Coach K didn't coach and John Shire did. Two completely different teams. And the team that looked better was a team when Coach K wasn't coaching. So, good news for Duke fans in the future. Coach K is known to kind of just – kind of like a Roy Williams-like where when the game gets going – doesn't really make any adjustments and kind of rise with what he has, which is fine. And he deserves that because he is the greatest college coach of all time. But adjustments is the name of the game. And I think Shire's done a good job of making that so far. So we'll see. I still don't think it's time to panic if you're a Duke team, Duke fan. Um, they always lose on the road. They're a young team, kind of the way it is. They, they play Saturday against Syracuse, and they're going to just absolutely demolish that 2-3 zone. So
0: yeah, I'm looking at the rest of their schedule, and I think the best chance they even have to lose again is probably one of the two North Carolina games, um,
1: you know, just because of guess. what it is. But right, I but, mean, are not losing: Syracuse,
0: Clemson, Louisville, Boston College, Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't. I they're probably gonna. There's a good chance they could probably win out. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. But <clears throat> yeah, you know, I think uh, they're you know they're ninth in the country in offensive efficiency, 22nd in defense probably one of the handful
1: of teams you can say like i could see them winning it all um if you if you need some reminder go back and watch the extended highlights of the gonzaga game that is a team that gonzaga wanted to run and play an nba style game and duke was like absolutely we'll take that to the bank and they did and they played really well that game um it's just some of these games where they slow the possessions down and make you value the ball or take away the thing that you want to do best it's kind of where duke struggles but like you said, I can see them running the table in the ACC and winning their first ACC regular season title since 2010. Like Crazy a weird, weird, stat. Coach mm-hmm. K always wins the ACC tournament but never wins the ACC regular season, which is kind of weird with the talent. It's like the polar
0: opposite of Calipari where Calipari mm-hmm. cares about winning the regular season but not mm-hmm. the conference tournament.
1: Right, because it doesn't matter. But lastly, the last team I want to touch on in the terrible ACC, we spent 10 minutes on it already, and that might be 10 minutes too long. Um, it is a team that's in first place, team that throttled North Carolina last night would be the Miami Hurricanes. A team that was voted to yeah, all about the U. Shout out Danny Boy Kane, but um picked to finish twelfth in the preseason and now in first place, you know, come January twenty nine or I I really like this team. Cam McGusty, Isaiah Wong, Charlie Moore, um you know, they just have guards that can play and they can score at all three levels. Isaiah Wong is a great, like, tough shot maker, like, similar to Kyrie, where it's like off balance, falling left or right. Like, he just puts the ball in the basket in ways that you're just kind of leave you stunned when you're on the defensive end. But, um, you know, got to win at Cameron, beat North Carolina at home in a down ACC. I think they're playing themselves right into an ACC or an at large spot. Um, I think they're a dangerous team. I don't know, albeit not a Final Four, or Elite 18, team, but. Good guards, and got, they can, they've been – a lot of people have thought their three-point shooting percentages would have gone down. It was an anomaly. But they're shooting 45% over the last eight games. So we're starting to see that you know, they're going to make open shots, and I think their guards are good enough to win them a couple games in the tournament. So,
0: Yeah, they can't defend for shit, but mm-hmm. they can score. Man, mm-hmm. they can score. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, uh, they're 19th in the country in offensive efficiency. Um, they really hold on to the ball. I mean, they do not turn the ball over, and that's really impressive. Yep. Um, You know. So the A said they just beat North Carolina. They got Florida State coming up. um <clears throat> They got Notre Dame in a couple of weeks on uh, the February second. Yep. And so yeah, they got a pretty good schedule coming up. Um, they got their one game, the one game against Duke. They won. Charlie Moore, who played at Kansas and DePaul,
1: mm-hmm. I cannot
0: believe he's still playing college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. Also in Cal. Don't forget, he was also at Cal for a year. Wow. Yeah. What a.
1: What a four year career for that guy. I yeah. I was on the hot. I said this year that Laronego was going to get fired. And <laughs> we did say do, that. What, what do I know? What do we know? I think there's something about him I don't like. He's always just beat the shit out of North Carolina. He, it's because Roy is stubborn and Hubert's stubborn. And then they compound the same mistakes over and over. And Laronego's like, if you can't defend a high ball screen, I'm going to put Armando Bacot in the ball screen every possession. And that's what they did. And unfortunately, you know, Carolina didn't adjust and didn't learn from it. But I'm looking, thinking back to some of his best teams, when they had Shane Larkin, they, they were unbelievable. Yeah. They won the ACC tournament against Carolina. They, you know, won outright. But I, I think this is a good resurface here for Miami because they lost a lot of guys, Matt Cross, Earl Timberlake, um, you know, guys that are going to different teams and struggling now. So maybe they right. – Earl
0: Timberlake wish right, still there.
1: Right. And, you know, they, they added, Isaiah Long was one of my favorite players in the ACC. So it's good to see the U being back in some sort. Um, I don't hate them as much as I do their football program. So I have no really take on them. Yeah.
0: I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I, I like them. I think they score a lot and they're fun to watch, but you know, I think we might be able to get 10 points on them.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. That's fair.
0: So obviously there's a big game this week and we got to talk about, and I know both teams play before then, but we will have a show before then. So obviously, Kentucky and plays at Auburn. Kentucky mm-hmm. plays tonight against Texas A&M,
1: who's Which, pretty damn good. See, this is where we're different. I'm I'm thinking about this. I I don't know if they're that good. I, I'm pulling them up, pulling them up on Ken Palm right now. Um, AM has played nobody. They're they've lost to TCU in Wisconsin, Wisconsin in the first round of the Maui, um, out yeah. in Vegas. But in the SEC, they played Georgia, Arkansas, which 86-81 victory over Arkansas at home. Um, that's a good win. Miss Ole Miss, who just got throttled by 25 by Missouri last night, and um, Missouri themselves. So. I'm kind of pumping the brakes on the Texas A&M being backtrain. I think they're decent. Um, I just don't know how they're going to defend Oscar tonight. Um, the line seven and a half. The rat line. A lot of people are taking A&M because Kentucky's in a look ahead spot to Saturday against Auburn. But I don't. I don't know if I'm fully believing in Buzz Williams um, yet. I think he's a good coach, but I think it's a couple more years till he gets his guys really going at A&M. But back to Kentucky. Um, yes, they. You know, big game Saturday. Kentucky has been rolling. They scored 107 points on the number two defense in Tennessee. Um, Oscar Sheeway is phenomenal. Kellen Grady, Tyson, cool. Washington. Like, this team is hitting their stride where we said preseason that they have aspirations to win it all, and I think they can. I, I mean, they're showing you that, like, if you want to play slow, we can play slow. If you want to go, run a gun with us, you're not going to outscore us. Um, I think Oscar is – eight sec player of the year i think ty ty is a sec freshman of the year i think calipari is kind of in a revenge fu tour and hopefully this um a win saturday would kind of put his mark on hey i'm back i'm the king but kind of shifting gears here but what i mean we've talked about auburn a bunch mm-hmm. um just ad nauseum of how impressed we've been i mean where, what do you think about saturday's matchup what do you think the spread will be what do you kind of think uh oh you know,
0: it is an elite offense versus an elite defense, and so it is going to be the ultimate game of chess. So I'm pretty stoked for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kentucky has the bodies to really play with Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith, so that makes mm-hmm. it fun. Um, I do like Kentucky's guards game just a little more. Uh, obviously, Ty Ty is, you know, just an awesome playmaker, um, very skilled. So it's really an awesome matchup. Um, I think both teams roll through tonight. I think they beat, you know, Kentucky beats Texas a and obviously, if, if we all think Auburn beats Georgia. Um, I'm curious about if they could, you know, if Kentucky can push the pace because Auburn's also really good offensively, too. So if it's a game of just possession after possession going back and forth, it's a blast. Everyone gets to enjoy it. Um, I think that could be Kentucky's advantage. I think they're slightly better offensively, though I think Auburn
1: is like elite defense. I think Severe Wheeler versus Wendell Green is going to be must see TV. Both small. Yeah. Large, like Danny- get in the spots of irritate defenders. Um, Both can, I mean, Severe has shot better recently. Wendell Green is just absolutely lighting it up. Um, Go back and watch the Alabama highlights to see how explosive he was that game. Um, The biggest thing for me is Jabari Smith. I mean, he's the best player on the floor, which is crazy to say in a Kentucky game that they don't have the best player, but he is unbelievable. We talked about him ad nauseum this year, shooting 44% from three um, as a 6'10 forward is just Kevin Durant-like. Um, very excited for him. I'm with you. It's going to be a clash of styles. I think Bruce Pearl versus Cal. I don't think they particularly like each other. Um, so no, it nice.
0: very much seems like they do
1: not. <laughs> right. Arena will, will be rocking 1 o'clock game. Appointment TV, I'm very excited. Number five in Ken Palm versus number nine. Ken Palm has it as a 78-75 victory for Auburn.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Here's the X factor for Auburn in this game. Katie Johnson, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he's not shot the ball very well this year from three. Um, The Georgia transfer, by the way, Mm -hmm. can you imagine Georgia right now watching this, Georgia fans watching this game? I know they just won a football championship, Mm -hmm. but seeing friggin' Wheeler and Katie Johnson (laughs) play against each other at high levels, I'm sure that's painful. Um, But, you know, what kind of game, if if they can get a big game from him, that's going to help them out so much. Um, Like I said, like we've talked about um, Kentucky's guard play with Washington, Wheeler, um, you know, you go down the list of all the guys they have. They have plenty of guards, so it's really going to be up to like having someone else step up and really help in that case. Sabarski is going to get his. We know he is, obviously. So, um, but you know, Oscar. When how does Oscar factor in this game? What is Auburn trying to do to keep him off the board? Because no one's figured that out yet in the country. Um, I really like this game. I'm really excited for it. I do think the spread's going to be Auburn. Um, I'm going to say about two and a half, just because mm. Kentucky's been on a roll. Um, and I, I want to say, I think Kentucky's going to win, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, that atmosphere is just going to be crazy. For some reason or another, they haven't always won down there. They've always been to struggle down there. Kentucky
1: struggled on the road this year as it is. I mean, think about it. They're, they're, they played one. They played three road games. Um, they beat Vanderbilt at Vandy, 78, 66 in a game that they really didn't pull away from Vandy until the end. Um, yeah. They lost at LSU 65-60 and they lost at Notre Dame 66-62. So 1 and 3 or 1 and 2 in the road games this year, hostile environment. Uh, I think tonight will be more telling on how they look going like into Saturday. If they struggle tonight mm-hmm. and can't put away a mediocre Texas and m team, then that might tip your scales to leaning more towards Auburn um, on Saturday. So
0: Yeah, man. I I, I totally agree. So I'm going to stick with the Tigers for now, but if Kentucky does pull the win off, I'm not necessarily going to be blown, be shocked. Yeah, um, here's the thing. So this is like a crazy stretch for Kentucky coming up. Um, so they have obviously tonight A and They have Auburn. Uh, they're home for Mississippi State on Tuesday, and then next Saturday they go to Kansas. And they're uh, they're also they're home for Vanderbilt, whatever. But then they go to Alabama. So it's like these next five games are. And that's just that, somehow pulls off six of these seven. Do you do you put them in the one seed?
1: No, because it'll be Gonzaga. Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn. I don't know if they go two from the SEC. If Duke wins the ACC regular season, they're gonna give it to Duke. But you can control your own narrative. Yes, I'm with you. I think this is what I was talking about. This is when you plan a power conference, and I used to be used to it with North Carolina and the ACC when it was, you know, 20. 12 through 2018 it was a dominant conference where one seeds were out there w- wazoo but yeah you have the opportunity to play against yourselves I mean look you're playing the ninth ranked team in Ken Palm and 40 then 7 and 18 and 16 and 114 and 37 like it's a stretch where it's like hey these are q1 q2 victories that we're gonna rack up and like only booster our resume upwards um I think I think at worst UK is a three seed this year and that's being like I don't see really a way that they're a three seed unless they kind of just really shit the bed against some of these teams. Um, they do get – the tough part is Alabama at, at Alabama and Auburn at Auburn are tough. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, you get Arkansas – you actually get Arkansas at home. They got Arkansas on the road too. You get LSU again, so that's another chance to bolster the resume again at home. But I'm very high on this Kentucky team. Um, I think their guards are phenomenal. I, I just think – Keon Brooks and Kellen Grady, I think they're so underrated for what they do for this team. So I'm excited to watch them tonight against a just to kind of see exactly if the road struggles continue or if they've maybe found something after that Tennessee big win.
0: I'm with you, man. Yeah, I like it. So I want to touch on a couple on uh, the OVC real quick. I know we don't we don't spend much time in the OVC except for the inaugural season of At Large bid when I said, you guys should really check out this John Morant guy. I think he's going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And obviously he was. Um, but, you know, for the most part, this has been a pretty, uh, about a, t- a two team conference. Um, but right now there's two teams there that are really, really good. Uh, one of them is Murray state, the racers. We'll get, com- doing... we'll get three,
1: three, Moorhead, Murray and Belmont. Okay. Yeah. I did see Moorhead play in person this year. So, yeah. um,
0: so Murray led by coach Matt McMahon. Um, they've got, you know, they lost to Auburn, um, but they've got some really good wins this year. You know, they beat. Um, they beat Memphis, East. they beat Chattanooga, uh, they beat Belmont, who they're going to play again. Smoked
1: and, Belmont, 82-60. Yes.
0: And smoked Eastern Illinois, who is not very good. Um, but, yeah. So you're looking at this group, guys like K.J. Williams, Tevin Brown, Justice Hill, Carter Collins, uh, Trey Hannibal. It's a really good Murray State team. So what do you kind of take away from this team? You know, obviously, <laughs> it's they're stereotypical. You don't want to see this team in March kind of thing. but. How good do you feel this
1: team really is? I mean, yeah, their identity, you know, people keep sleeping on these mid-major teams. If this team had Florida State on their jersey or Clemson or, you know, Arkansas, we'd be talking like, wow, this team is really legit. I think what they do offensively, I mean, they shoot 56, 54% from the field every game. Um, you know, they, they shoot 40% from three. They're 38% from three. That's 15th best in the country. And, Teams shoot thirty-one percent against them on getting three. So you know they play really good defense. Their guards are elite. They're a senior-led team. They know how to win. They've won in hostile environments at you know at Memphis. They they lost by thirteen at Auburn. But you know Auburn's a wagon. We have talked about them. Um, I, I think I think appointment television is Belmont and Murray State. You know, look at Murray State, a team that you know beat Louisville in the NCAA tournament a couple years ago. Uh, they beat Marquette yeah. as a twelve seed and or oh yeah, they were a twelve seed and they almost Get beat Marquette triple double. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just a strong team. I think we should downplay the mid majors. I think if anything that shows you, look at Loyola Chicago, look at Nevada a couple of years back. There are teams that can make runs, and the trends are there. So you should start paying attention to it. I love Casey Alexander at Belmont. Kind of switching gears here a little bit, but yeah. I think their offense is so fun. I think they the motion offense that keeps everybody moving. All five guys can shoot, spread you out and attack you. Yeah, that is a recipe for disaster for the NCAA tournament, especially if you're a team is. that cannot score. Um, you know, just from watching Adam Kunkel, there a guy who's starring at X right now, who played at Belmont, he was phenomenal there. Um, just Dylan Windler, who plays for the Cavaliers, like guys, like they put guys in the league. They put, I mean, they they run a great offense. Um, I'm very excited for both these teams. I, it's something to watch. Like I love when conferences, like well, obviously we're gonna getting closer to March, but when the conference tournament season starts, I think the OVC is like always a, um, it's always like the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of like yeah. conference tournament week. Like they're like all the big conferences start Thursday except for like the fourteen and fifteen seeds. Like a Georgia play Vandy on Tuesday night, but nobody cares about that. If like, the I the OGC- Right. That's why I was trying to think two teams. I was like, that, that's perfect. But the OVC is like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And just like, I always remember like the, like, or I think it's Saturday night or something like that. I, I kind of always forget about it, but it's always like a, it must see match. Like Ber- Belmont Murray is always just a great game. And I remember two years ago when Jaw played um, or three years ago, that conference championship game was insane. That was to the point that's where so were, they were calling for Belmont to get an at-large bid because I mean, they got robbed of a one game. They shouldn't have made the tournament. So OBC is very fun to watch. They're not my favorite conference. I have a soft spot for two conferences and they make I have no connection to either of them. One is the Summit League. I, I fucking love the Summit League. I don't know why, <laughs> but I just remember a couple of years back, same things, watching conference tournaments, and I got hooked. It was Oral Roberts, South Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Just I was like, all right, I just I'm in. I'm in on these teams. So I like the Summit League and I like the um Missouri Valley. So Belmont's going to the Missouri Valley, so it's nice to see. Um, I love Loyola Chicago. I love Indiana State. I love Bradley. I love teams like that. So Arch this is always fun to watch. So that's where I'm at. That's my mid-major section of the week. So, <laughs> I like. I wish it. the Horizon. I wish the Horizon was good because Pat Baldwin plays for a terrible team. NKU is trash. Wright State's bad, but Oakland's very good. And I like. Oakland it. is very good. I, I like really, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, the great Campies of the world, mm-hmm. man. That's my guy. Um, I, I remember I was like
1: 14 and I found out that they were in Michigan and I was like. Everything Same. changed in my life. I was like, what Same.
0: is going on? I love like during their warm ups, they wear like their like the Indiana style, like stretched, uh, striped pants, but it's like in their team colors. Mm-hmm. So I like that a lot. Um, definitely respect that from them. Yeah, man. Um, so, real quick on Belmont, so people know, uh, right now, you know, if you look at a lot of bracketologies, there's these two teams are um, both these teams are currently in situations where they are. Showing up on a lot of brackets. So um, Belmont obviously has some good wins this year. Teams like St. Louis from the Atlantic 10. Mm-hmm. Um, should it be Dayton? And so, you know, they're a team to kind of keep an eye on. So, yeah, man, I'm excited for this. I actually like the OVC. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how things shake out for them. Um, yeah, the A-10, I don't know what's going to happen with them this year. You talked about Davison. the confidence they have an affiliation for. Davidson's really good. Um, VCU is coming up for...
1: Dayton, that's a weird matchup. Yeah, I had, I had VCU last night. Um, I had VCU last night, and they were up six with two and a half minutes left, and they lose 63-61. So, I don't know what the hell happened. I turned the game off thinking I had a winner, and oops. Yes, I, I St. <laughs> Bonaventure is a mystery for me as well. They have five guys. That can, they have five guys who can play. Their bench is atrocious. They, they have no bench. Chris, uh, Chris Lofton, Kyle Lofton, Chris Lofton was from Tennessee. Kyle Lofton from St. Bonaventure. Very good very good player. Got to watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, I think – okay, why the hell did Ohio State play IUPUI last night?
1: In the middle of conference with a weird, weird scheduling mishap.
0: Yeah, that is a strange one. Um, all right, real quick, and i want to touch on a few things before we get to our All-Americans. Um, Baylor obviously has a bounce-back win. And uh, the, the other the last night against West Virginia at West Virginia. Yep. Um, so big game there. You know, obviously guys like uh LJ Cryer with 25 points was really nice. Um another fantastic game from Matthew Mayer for 20 points. And then off the bench, you get a nice game from I always get this guy's name wrong, Jonathan Chihuahua tachua
1: That's not yep. that right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I think Baylor is slept on. I think I, there are two home losses last week. The Oklahoma State loss is bad. Um, for, like, I, I don't think the Oklahoma State, it, barring they can't make the tournament Pittsburgh. anyway. Uh, correct. But they they can't make the NCAA tournament anyway this year. But um, I, that's a bad loss. Texas Tech, I mean, that was a hell of a week for Texas Tech. You win at home against Kansas, and then you win at Baylor. Um, I, I love Kyler Edwards. I, I Not Kyler Edwards. Is that right? You're on a blank now. Um, There's
0: sorry, too many damn players in college basketball. We got to remember all these names.
1: Ke- they have Kevin O'Banner from um, Oral Roberts, Terrence Shannon. Sorry, Marco Santos Silva. Silva, he's still there. Um, but I-, I think this team is phenomenal. I think um, offensively, you know, offensively that was their biggest struggle this year. It was like, are they going to be able to score the ball without? When they lose Chris Beard, are they going to be able to run a nice offense? Because the defense principles have been with Texas Tech forever. Um, but I think this team is great. I, I love, I love what they're doing. You know, big wins. I mean, look, they beat Iowa State seventy-two sixty last night. Lose to Kansas State Saturday in a bad spot. That's a tough loss. But if you would have told them, if you would have told Texas Tech fans that, you would have beat Kansas, beat Baylor, beat Oklahoma State, beat Iowa State, and lose and lose to Kansas State, you'll take it. You'll take four of those wins in the Big Twelve as tough as it is. So, um, I don't. If you're a Baylor fan, I don't think you worry. Uh, no. Like number two in Ken Palm, um, two back-to-back losses, but you just took care of business at West Virginia in a hostile environment. you got Oklahoma this Saturday, another team that's kind of needing the win, so it's going to be a great matchup. I think the Big 12 is phenomenal. I think it's the best conference in basketball. I think the SEC has the most talent in Kentucky, Auburn, Alabama, Arkansas, teams like that, um, but I think the Big 12 as a whole is a much better conference.
0: Yeah, I agree. Talking on that, Texas obviously loses to Kansas State last night. They were 10-and-a-half point favorites and lost. Uh, Marcus Carr scored 25 points, and it's not enough.
1: <laughs> Shout out. Shout out my dog, Maverick. Sorry. <laughs> That's
0: all right. So Texas obviously takes a takes one on the head there. Uh, at home at that. <laughs> not very good, Bob.
1: Yeah. I. We talked about it last week. They don't run. They don't run a gun. They play this slow, methodical <laughs> offensive game that is frustrating to watch. And, you know, all the talent in the world, they have Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, Trey Mitchell. Um, Christian Bishop, Dylan Deesu, Devin Askew, which uh, I don't have talent in the word Devin Askew should be together, but um, I I like the pieces of Texas, and I don't know if Chris Beard just hasn't got his guys in there. It was kind of a last minute, like throw it all together, hope it sticks at the wall um, effort for his coaching style, but I, I think this team still kind of has potential. Are they a top 10 team like we thought they'd be? No, but I still think they're going to make the tournament. Just, I everybody's selling the cursed beard stock. I'll continue to buy it because I, uh, I, I still think he's good enough to a good enough coach to figure it out with that level roster, but it could be kind of what we talked about a couple weeks ago as well, where it's like, you haven't got a, a lot of guys who just aren't used to winning. Like some of this shit just happens, man. Like it's just, yeah. I wouldn't say it's selfish. I wouldn't say it's a bad mentality. It's just a cultural change that needs to make, like make a change. But uh, for some reason it's just not sticking together.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I agree. That's, you know, it, this is a foundation year. So, you know, they obviously are winning more than some people thought. We thought they'd be better. Um, They'll be a tournament team. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, next year I think is kind of the year we go, okay, let's see what he can do here. And I think he'll do really well. I'm with you. Give me all the Chris Beard stock, especially when they go to the SEC.
1: Yeah, they play – I mean, look at their schedule now, right? They play Oklahoma State this Saturday. That's the perfect spot to get a win. The following week they play TCU. And then next Saturday, so we get Kansas, Kentucky the same day, and we get Tennessee, Texas. Um, oh, it's yes, Big Twelve, so it'll be so they have a couple chances, but they have a murderer's row stretch right after that. So they go Oklahoma State, TCU, two must-win games. I'm calling it now for them; they have to win those. Then they go Tennessee, Texas Tech, at Texas Tech, which is going to be in crazy environment because they're going to boo the shit out of, <laughs> uh, of yeah. Chris Beard. So T- Tennessee at home, at Texas Tech, home <laughs> against Iowa State, home against Kansas, at Baylor. Whew. That's a murderer's row of the schedule. But that's kind of what Chris Beer signed up for.
0: Yeah. LSU does not have so much of an issue the rest of the way. After Saturday, Texas A&M, TCU, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt,
1: Texas A&M, Mississippi
0: State, Georgia.
1: They've kind of got all their, they got all their uh, big games out of the way early. So
0: Yeah, they go to Lexington for that Kentucky game, and that's really like the last tough game they'll
1: have. A Wednesday night, that's so weird too. That should be a I Saturday hate that.
0: I yeah. hate 9 o'clock tips. Look, on the behalf of BDA members everywhere, 9 o'clock tips are never a good idea. Right, I understand national TV, but stop it,
1: right. please. Right. We got we got to figure it out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a couple. I think there's a couple of things I want to talk <laughs> about. Just uh, kind of Alabama is a team that I'm kind of wondering about tonight. It's a good matchup for them. They do play LSU tonight. Um, the status mm-hmm. of Xavier Pinson as of 5:55 is still unknown. I think I would like to see him play because I want an Alabama. Um, I want an LSU squad at full strength going against Alabama to kind of help me determine okay who is the third best team in the SEC. Um, mm-hmm. looking at their schedule. I mean, you know, they're unranked, but at, at the moment, but they're still 16 and Ken Baum, losers of three straight, the Missouri loss at Missouri 92 86. Isn't great. They lose at home to Auburn where a game that they really kind of weren't really in the final score is four, but Auburn was up 10 to 12 points most of the game. And then they lost at Mississippi state, a team that's probably a tournament team. Um, Iverson, Molinar, Garrison, Brooks, guys like that, are, you know, it's a good team. Um, the pan button wouldn't be out if I'm an Alabama fan. If they lose tonight at home against LSU, then we're a little bit worried. Now, where I'm judging that is, they're still going to make the tournament. I'm not worried about that. But the elite status that you thought you were at might not be where you're at currently. So,
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, there's just – I still laugh that they lost to Iona. Rick Pitino always finds a way. Yeah. It's I love that in. while we're in the season, Rick Pitino is tweeting about, like, who he thinks to win the title while he's coaching a team during the season.
1: Did you so see he added Iona in there?
0: Yeah, he was like, Did you see I threw one in there?
1: Yeah, it's like Duke, <laughs> Kentucky, Wisconsin, but Purdue, Villanova, Gonzaga, Iona. I'm like, Whoa, I saw that. I saw that. So, rookie P's the best. Yeah.
0: Yes. I think I'll he love just me. loves life at Iona. I think he's like, This is, weird. we go to the yeah, tournament got, every year. Life's
1: fine. They got a big win last night against Monmouth. They're 7 they 0 in the MAC or the MAAC. Um, they lost to St. Louis 68 67, lost to Kansas 96 83. Lost to Belmont seventy two sixty five, but it beaten beat Yale, Alabama, Alabama Harvard, um, and then you know, run the table in their conference as of right now. So hopefully to see them back in the tournament. They were fifteen seed last year. Hopefully they'll probably be a thirteen or fourteen seed this year. I mean, if they continue this this run in the, the Mac.
0: Can you bring back to Patino Press during the offseason? That was yeah. such a great podcast. By great, yeah. it was
1: terrible, but it was so enjoyable. He. He's the best. Get him in front of the microphone. He probably, he probably does his own podcast every day and just doesn't hit record. Yeah, just, yeah. On his car right into the city, he's probably just like 45 minutes of Rick stops, which, you
0: know, Mar- it's Cassandor probably a good thing.
1: Kila. Yeah. Probably a good thing we can't hear that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man, yeah. Um, I, I think uh, the only a couple of teams I want to talk about. I'm looking at Ken Palm right now. Um, we'll play a higher or lower game. I think we did that last week with Georgia. So, I don't want to – I was going to do it with Louisville or that 103, but a team that let me see. A team that I'm surprised is higher. Iowa State's got to be the, the surprise of the year, right? You know, winless in conference last year. Um, Berger comes in. They're just 14 and four, two and four in the Big 12, which is kind of crazy. We did talk about that, that I think they were going to hit a wall once they got into the Big 12 play. And yeah, it looks like it's gone through. But, you know, they beat Texas at home, beat Texas Tech at, at home as well. They just lost to Texas Tech last night. But I think this team is good enough. And the foundation pieces for upcoming years is really fun to watch. They had Rasir Bolton from Gonzaga still. I think this team could be really, really good. So, yeah. They, I mean, I they, they, they beat Xavier. I mean, they keep winning. I helped Xavier's loss, right? You know what I mean? So, yeah,
0: exactly. Um, That's why I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the Iowa on the Iowa State.
1: Right. And I'm and trying to make
0: sure the Chicago Bulls don't hire another one of their guys to be our head coach. Twice Chicago, is enough.
1: Fred, 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 Fred. Fred Tim um, Floyd. Oh yeah, Tim Floyd. For Jesus, what a what a mess. Um, last thing I want to talk about before we get to All Americans of the the week. Um, I want to talk about Xavier, um, you know, big win Saturday. Obviously I was not watching. I was uh pregame with the Bengals game. Yeah, you were there. So kind of fill me in after a bounce back spot after losing, you know, two out of three games to Villanova back to back, basically um, kind of, what did you see in the, in the, um, not a must win game, but a game to rewrite the shit for, for Xavier.
0: First off, I think they ran out of time against Villanova because the run that they made at the game, end of the game, I really, they played, they were awesome. Mm-hmm. They were awesome the last eight minutes. Um, and I mean, they made it a game, they tied it up and then just made some not fantastic decisions down the stretch and you can't make mistakes against Jay Wright in a close game because he will, they'll find a way. Um, God, man, watching Colin Archie I mean, Ryan Gillespie, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan Archie I mean, Colin Gillespie, Colin Gillespie. Right. That's the thing. Yes. Um, they just bring in the same guy and change his name every time, um, Thanks. watching him come off of like handoffs and ball screens and shoot. Is really irritating because you're like, mm-hmm. how has he hit everything? Um, so stud. that's my Villanova analysis of the week. They're awesome. And our team that are hitting their stride at the best
1: time possible. Um, but if, er, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, the panic button was out. You know, they lose 57-36 to Baylor, who we didn't know Baylor was. As, we knew Baylor was good, but we didn't think they were the number one team in the country. They scored
0: 93 points Can Xavier the next game.
1: Yeah. And then they lose 79-59 to Creighton. And then, yeah, score 71-58 at, at home against Xavier. Um, and then ever since then, it's been six-point win against Seton Hall. They beat C- Creighton 75-41. They beat DePaul by 15. They beat Xavier by four. And they beat Butler 82-42. So they are rolling. It's a classic what Roy Williams used to say. Everything looks better when the ball goes in the basket. Um, and Xavier's kind of hitting their stride now. Um, they struggled as a team, so now they're in Fuego from three, but yes, I'm still high on this Xavier team. I think tonight's game will be really, really fun to watch. Javon Freeman be. Liberty. I think DePaul is a team that like nobody wants to play just because they play hard from the start, like from the tip to the end of the whistle. Um, I, I don't think they can create like matchup issues for Xavier, but I think they play hard enough. That's going to cause Xavier to like, you know, keep their a like keep it in their a game going at all times. Cause if they, str- if they let off the gas a little bit, Paul's a team that can, can kind of make a run, but yeah, I mean, a year that we came in talking about how Travis feels in a, um, on the hot seat, he's got a lot of talent, like, has to win, like, he's done a good job solidifying himself as a good coach, I've been really happy with, like, his adjustments and stuff in game, you know, late game Villanova, there's some moments that I'm like, okay, like, we should have done some things a little bit different here, but, and we texted about this, um, and kind of want to get your thoughts, the fifth year COVID year, right, like, Paul Scruggs has done been tremendous for Xavier. You know, four and against Cincinnati, and is, or five and Five and against Cincinnati, four um, and one, sorry, four and one against Cincinnati. You know, at, beat Butler at Butler, dominated. You know, Indianapolis kid done great things for for Xavier this year. That dunk on Liddell was gross. I still think about that. Um, but you look at him and you say, if we didn't have him, would that be the emergence of Colby Jones? Be like, would would it be better for Xavier? But, like, it's hard to play that devil's advocate. But I still think Xavier's in a good spot. I love Kobe Jones. I think he's the best player on Xavier. Um, I just wish we got to see a little bit more of his skill set. But I understand what Steele's doing with Paul because you got to ride with the guys that got you there. That. So.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you bring up a good points. Truthfully, I thought I thought Paul really kind of made the most mistakes on the stretch that cost him the Villanova the game. Um, That's, you know. And I get it. He's used to having the ball in the stands in those circumstances, but there were plenty of circumstances where he attacked the rim and would have like Nate Johnson in the corner or Adam Kunkel in the corner, and he would just try to get a layup in. And, you know, that ended up burning him down the stretch. Um, He hasn't been super efficient scoring, but I do think, you know, his senior leadership is obviously something that they respond really well to. Um, I almost, it's kind of crazy. You know, we spent all this, you know, all the offseason with Xavier talking about. Scruggs and Fremantle, and how they're going to be the guys, and it's been Colby Jones, Nate Johnson, Jack Nunge, and Adam Kunkel who's mm-hmm. kind of really kind of kept them flying. On uh, Kunkel is, man, there isn't a shot that he doesn't like, but when he is on, it is a blast to watch.
1: And that's what I think makes Xavier so dangerous. And I was listening to Jeff Goodman and Steve Prom, um, the old Murray or the old Iowa State coach and Murray State coach. He um, talked about Xavier as like a dark yeah national title and like that is the reason why is because you're getting efficient nights from adam and nate and um and nunji and you're not getting the level of play you thought you were getting from Fremantle. and he's a guy that if he turns it on and becomes this double double machine that like he was like good luck because you can trap him in the middle he's kicking it out to two guys that are neon like hot shooters and Kunkel and johnson so I just kind of want to get your thoughts on Xavier. I didn't want it to be, and I know we are a Cincinnati-based podcast, and we do cover, mm-hmm. you know, Xavier and KU and UC, and we want to, you know, kind of touch base on all of our teams. And I don't want it to really? be too homerish, but you know, when you have a team like Xavier who's as hot and as good as they are, like we have to talk about them. And they're right now they're 18th in Ken Palm. Um, I don't know where they came in at the latest AP poll. I don't remember seeing that. 20th. But, okay, 20th. so that's right about right. But um, yeah. big matchup tonight. You know, they go DePaul, at, at DePaul at Marquette. So a big weekend for them. And then Providence, Creighton, Butler, DePaul. So they kind of the end of the year kind of gets a little bit – the middle of the year. Providence so is
0: going to be fun next week. That's right. going to be fun. I, Anytime comes to town, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, and they go at Seton Hall will be a good game. Connecticut at home will be a good game. And then they go at Connecticut, at Providence, at Seton Hall, at St. John's to kind of end the year. So kind of a big yeah. stretch. And that's kind of what you want, you know, right? Going into the Big Absolutely. East tournament, you want to be tested. So we'll see where this team's at. Something to monitor for our listeners if you're out of the Cincinnati area team to definitely check out um if you're in the cincinnati area you kind of know about how good they they are or have been this year so yeah, yeah.
0: also i want to make this mention real quick for all the cincinnati show sports podcasts out there that are like we cover all cincinnati sports xavier is in cincinnati don't do this bullshit anymore of the bengals the reds fc cincinnati and the bearcats but we're a right. cincinnati sports like you talk about it's- the things you do and don't like we talk about duke yeah we talk about it's- kentucky
1: Right, we just, you cover the good teams. Why would I want to talk about North Carolina right now? I, I mean, honest to God, why? Like, I I don't have the energy to talk about a terrible defensive team and a bad offensive team. So
0: you did know that story cool where, where you uh you got to go chat. We didn't talk about it, but you yeah, went to no, Chapel yeah, Hill and Cameron.
1: Yeah, that, that's the last Saturday, um, uh, two Saturdays ago. So yeah, I was uh, my uncle, my dad, myself. We went to Chapel Hill. We did the North Carolina Virginia game at noon. Um, Carolina won by 25, Armando Baycott 29-21, monster awesome. game. And then eight hours later, I was in the Cameron Crazies watching Miami beat Duke in person. So it was a lot of fun, great trip. Um, I, they don't play the same day often, so we took advantage of that. My uncle's a Duke fan. Um, I'm a Carolina fan, obviously. So it was a very fun trip, something I'll remember for a long time. But, yeah, it, it was a blast. Cameron Cra- I mean, I, I said this every time I've talked about it. I've been to Cameron twice now um best place to watch a basketball game it's so loud the environment's awesome it's rocking um but man i like the team but i can respect the venue so it was a great time but yeah i mean glad to see i it's kind of funny i've seen them lose now in person which is always kind of fun to hoot hoot and holler about but i've seen duke win two national titles in person too so maybe they had the last laugh on me
0: can we make the case that miami is the best uh, won the north carolina state championship because they beat nc state wake forest duke and you guys they're, they're, they're the best team in North Carolina, right? The Miami Hurricanes of Florida? Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So with that being said, we'll go ahead and wrap this up with our weekly All-Americans. Um, you can go ahead and go first. I do have mine. It's a guy we haven't even mentioned once on this show this week, surprisingly.
1: Okay. Yeah, I have two. Um, I'm going to give one is from the University of North Carolina. It is because... What he did against Virginia and Georgia Tech. So last week, this is my one from last week and the one from this week. Um, Armando Baycott, 29-21 and against Virginia, and then 29-18 and against Georgia Tech. Just absolute Shaq video game numbers. Um, unreal performance. I think he's amazing when they get the ball to him in the post. They're really hard to beat. But when our guards stand around the three-point line and hoist up dumb shots, we're very easy to beat, as in last night against Miami. And then number two, is a guy that's a national player of the year. I think I'm probably taking years um, from the University of Wisconsin.
0: Oh, you're not taking it. Okay, okay. we're good.
1: Johnny Davis, 27-8 and eight last night in a game that Wisconsin won, 82-76 over Northwestern. Northwestern team that's been pretty feisty in Big Ten play this year. Um, Johnny Davis planned his way into the lottery, a team that I was dead wrong on. Um, we thought we they'd be really bad. They made fun of Chris Boat going there. He's kind of fit in nicely for them, dare I say it. But Johnny Davis is a – Every time he's on the court, he's the best player on the court. So, very uh, very pleased with him. Uh, he's my All-American of the Week. Armando Bacot and Johnny Davis. Cool. I
0: like it. So, I am going through some of the Big East. But, like I said, we haven't mentioned this gentleman yet. But, in Big East play, he is averaging about 16 points a game and about four, five, four and a half assists a game. That's Connecticut's R.J. Cole. He mm-hmm. has been on a scoring stretch. So, since Big East play started, when they started, they played Providence on December 18th. He's not had a single game. He scored less than 15 points. Um, this week in against uh, St. John's, he had 19 points and eight assists, and then turned around against Butler, had 17 points and six rebounds. We don't talk enough about UConn. Um, they're a really good basketball team. Um, like I said, Xavier's still got to play them twice, so we'll get to see them a couple times. And Dan Hurley has something working there. Um,
1: He's psyched so on the sideline.
0: Yes, he is but this UConn team between guys like a cook, cook, RJ Cole, uh, kind of leading the way. Um, they're, they're pretty awesome. So I am excited to see what he brings. They have Georgetown next, uh, they got Butler tomorrow and Georgetown next week. Uh, but they don't have a tough game really till February 5th, they go to Villanova.
1: Yeah, I, I think they're sneaky good. They beat Auburn this year. People forget that double overtime game mm-hmm. in the battle for Atlantis. Um, Hurley's a great coach. Crazy takes charges on the sideline, loses his mind, sweats his ass off. But, guy's a good coach, and RJ Cole is definitely the reason why they've been imp- um, doing well this year in the Big East. So, don't look now, Big East might be the second or third best conference in basketball. I mean, yeah. I think they're, I think they're better than the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, maybe next week we'll go through. and We'll do our like, how many teams do we think are in the tournament right now? All right, we'll do a uh,
1: we'll call it February or January bracketology.
0: Yes, yes, right, yes. Cool. I like
1: it. Perfect. Awesome.
0: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. We had a lot of fun putting it together. Uh, Thanks to everyone for tuning in, as always. Uh, We will be back here next week, hopefully with some more fun news. Uh, I can't wait to recap the Kentucky-Auburn game, because that game is going to be tremendous. Have a good night, everyone. Take it easy.
1: Peace.